Good evening and welcome to the Speak Easy Podcast. I am your host, Constance Bullard, and this evening we have Series 3 of Relationships and Christian Dating. And tonight we're going to talk about the effects of culture and religion on dating. And so I'm going to bring our panelists up. We have Queen Candy from the Queen Candy Podcast. How are you, my sister? Good, good. How are you? Thank you for having us on. Yes, welcome, welcome. And just kind of tell the audience who you are. Um, Hello, everyone. We are Queen Candy. We are the host of the Queen Candy Podcast. Um, we talk about, um, for those that do not know, we are a Muslim woman. We teach Islam on our show. We give basically our life story, um, spread positivity and encouragement, upliftment, and, you know, our mistakes and our journey and what got us to, you know, where we are today. You know, we are, of course, on the CTR Men Network with our sister Constance here. And, you know, we've been loving the journey so far. Um, today is actually our two-year anniversary of um, <laughs> doing our podcast, so it's been wonderful. Um, we give all praise to Allah. Uh, what else? We're doing radio. We sell jewelry, uh, produce. We've done acting, a little bit of modeling. We've been done dabbled in a little bit of everything. But now, you know, our main focus is to teach and to just motivate and hopefully step up and be a leader and, you know, help our sisters. So what night and what time is your podcast? We do our podcast Monday evening and Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Monday is our live show and Thursday is our pre-recorded show. And of course, we had amazing interviews and great guests on the show. And yeah, so yes, yeah, two days a week. Okay, excellent. So our next guest is Siobhan the relationship strategist. So good evening, Ms. Siobhan. How are you? Good evening. I'm well. I'm well. How are you guys? Uh, we are wonderful. Excited mm. about our show tonight. Just tell yes. the audience a little bit about you. Okay. So my name is Siobhan and I go by the relationship strategist. And so I empower Christian couples in committed relationships to strengthen their partnership and eliminate unhealthy behaviors through effective communication. And I'm also an author and a speaker. Wow. Wow. Okay. And so where are you located? I'm in Texas. All right. Okay. All right. The big state of Texas. All That's right. right. The country of Texas. Okay. And yeah. so next we have the one and only Dr. Pastor Robert Cockfield. Good evening. Hello. How are you? How are you? And he blanked out on us. There he is. How are you, Pastor Cockfield? Doing fine. Okay. So tell the listening audience a little bit about you. Um, my name is Dr. Robert Cutfield. I'm originally from Pure, Illinois. I've been residing in San Antonio area for about almost 40 years in and out. Um, founder and CEO of Get Up Community Center, Get Up Ministries, and um, and currently um, working now to uh crank things back up as far as the community center is concerned. And my next project is really going back to feeding the uh, homeless. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And that, you know, you know me and my thoughts on community outreach. That's something that I do enjoy doing. Um, 
I was a part of that ministry when I lived in San Antonio, and I look forward to Saturdays having the food bank and greeting the people to come and get the food and to minister to them. So it's so important. Yes, the needs are still great. The needs are still great. And so, you know, scripture teaches us that the poor will always be with us, but we can still extend a hand in the help. And so this evening, our discussion, we're going to talk about culture and religion and how those two play a part in our dating and in our relationships. And so I'm gonna start with Queen Candy and let her come to the forefront and share from her perspective as a practicing Muslim. Good evening. Hello, hello everyone. Um, Guess we should start uh, being a Muslim woman and a Muslim wife. We do live a very completely different lifestyle from other people. Um, of course, we have to be with one person. We know we, and we get the question a lot, like, can you have more than one husband and more than one wife? We're like, no, you cannot do that. <laughs> you cannot do that, period, y'all. And this is no disrespect, but that is Orthodox Muslim. That is something they believe. We have our own version of Islam. So we're with our husband. We happily married. <laughs> we happily married everyone going on two years. So yeah, somebody's been putting up with us for two years now. <laughs> but um, that's just a joke. But we just say that, um, yeah, we do live a completely different lifestyle. Um, he opens the door. We don't open the door if he's home. Uh, we practice modesty. The main thing we want to say this evening is the drive behind teaching Islam is teaching peace amongst your brothers and your sisters. And especially being married as a Muslim couple, you have to be on the same mentality, if you will. You both have to have the same vision for getting out there teaching, recruiting your brothers and your sisters, helping them wake up to the knowledge of who they really are. Because a lot of us as black people, we don't really know our history. We don't really know where we come from. We don't even really know, can we know how we got here, take that back. We know how we got here, but we don't know our true selves. That would be the word that we're looking for. And um, being in a Muslim marriage it is a lot different. It is a lot different. We don't go anywhere without our husband period. Um, we have to practice modesty, um, communication, uh, patience, which is something we're working on because anyone that knows us really well, that is something we're short of. So, you know, we practice patience and our husband, he, I, we don't know how he does it, but he's the most patient person we've ever seen ever in our life. But of course, like we say, I have to be with one person. Um, always honest, no matter how ugly it gets. You have to be honest, no matter what. Um, what else are we missing for right now? Um, we don't go out, and people consider us to be boring. But you know, we like that, really. Like <laughs> people think we're boring, but I, I don't want to go out there and get dead. I don't know about anybody else, but. I, we watch the news and we keep what was going on and you know we just we stay home we talk to each other we're in each other's faces 24 7 so we have all the inside jokes we make each other laugh and but really honestly when it comes down to it our main goal is to wake our people up and you have to be 
no matter what religion or what relationship you're in, y'all gotta be on the same forefront. Y'all gotta be on the same mentality. Y'all gotta be on the same mind frame. Otherwise, it's not gonna work. Because if you're doing this and he's doing that, or she's doing this and you're doing that, it's it's never gonna work. So, you know, that's pretty much what we can say for right now as far as, um, it's a lot different. It is, but, you know, we honestly wouldn't trade anything. Um, we probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to y'all had we not accepted that. Um, we'd probably be dead, to be honest. So, you know, we just give all praise to a lot, you know, and our husband, of course, was saving our life. So that's all we have for <laughs> Right. So I have one question for you. Okay. How did this? How did how did Islam affect you as far as your dating life? I mean, when you and your husband met, you know, how did you meet? You know, oh. how long did you date, and how did Islam affect your dating? Uh, true story. Um, we actually knew each other a year before um we even got married. We were in a abusive relationship for about 14 months before um being with our husband and talking to him we were in atlanta at the time and he was here in um indiana where we currently live um we were supposed to come about a year ago and we chickened out because we were too afraid to leave our relationship but after the third altercation um we decided enough was enough you know we were it just like hit us because we think that women, we always make the mistake of waiting for the man um, to fix things and for them to make it better. And we can only speak for ourselves, but we just realized it's just, it wasn't going to change. Wow. It wasn't going to work. And, you know, no shot to the man, but the person we were with, we can only say just wasn't the right person for us. And we just called him or we hadn't talked in months um, because we decided to work things out with our now ex. And we called him and he was, we was like, hey, uh, is that off of Indiana still standing? Because we gotta get out of here. And we joking now, but at the time we made that phone call, we were very, very serious. Cause we realized, girl, if you don't get out of this, you end up dead or sitting in somebody jail cell. Like, no, no lie. And we came up here in a few weeks. He didn't try to, he was a gentleman. Like, no lie, everybody. He was a gentleman. He didn't try to do anything. Um, we came with our older son at the time. And he welcomed us in. We had our own room at the time. And he didn't try anything. He started teaching us Islam. And we come to the fact that he was Muslim because we would always see him salute. And we finally just asked, why you always do that? So he started teaching us and talking to us about that. And we got intrigued about it. And we started studying and getting our books and so on and so forth. And after that, he claimed us as his wife because um, it's another thing that's different with Muslims. We don't have to be on paper being married. We're married through Islamic law. Don't know if that makes any sense at all. But um he claimed us as his wife, and after that, it just went from there. So we started getting to know each other, and he was teaching us, or still is, actually. Um, and, yeah, that's how we met. So we did know each other before um, before we were married. Okay. And so if you don't mind me asking, what faith did you grow up in when you raised them? 
We were raised as a Christian. We did. Um, our grandfather, who is now, uh, he passed away. He was 95. He was a pastor of the church we were going to at the time. And we have two other pastors in our family currently. Um, but yeah, we did grow up as a Christian. And we did dabble in Jehovah's Witness only because we were in foster care at the time. And our foster mom was a Jehovah's Witness. So we kind of, we did follow the Christian faith and we did follow uh, Jehovah's Witness for a minute. Wow. And eventually we did leave. Yeah. Okay. 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 And so Pastor Cockpit, I would like for you to share from your perspective, you know, how does culture and religion affect dating? Um, I would say that it has a big effect um, because over the years in pastoring, I've had biracial couples. I've had couples that um, were from different backgrounds as far as faith was concerned. And I, I think, you know, it's a beautiful thing when you can have a, a clear cut and concise conversation about what your belief systems are and how that they can work together. And I know a lot of folks that's in the Christian community that I've dealt with, you know, I understand from a theological and biblical perspective, they might have a problem with what I'm probably getting ready to say. Because, um, you know, it's, you hear this a lot that we're not supposed to be unequally yoked. Mm -hmm. um, but what happens when, you know, you you do come together, you consummate this relationship, and then you find out that at the end of the day, um, your belief systems are different, or maybe your level of understanding is not what you thought it was as you grow into the faith. Um, how do you deal with that? And so for me, um, I've always encouraged uh, couples to not dispel or dis dismiss each other uh, and make it, a, make it um, a negative experience. Really start with what's going to be the standard or benchmark and get to know each other and know each other's uh, faith. And what does that really mean to you? Dig deeper. You might find out that what you thought you knew, you don't know. And, and that it may need to be retooled. I think it's, it's about putting the work in. And, and, um, and as far as uh, the culture aspect of that, um, you know, again, I've, I've had, you know, folks that were biracial or come from, you know, different uh, cultures and they were married. And I've seen it go right, seen it go wrong. Uh, the, the part that I've seen that's beautiful is when they take a an open-ended approach to wanting to learn each other's culture and get to know what does that really mean before you start judging it and and then really having some serious dialogue about how do you make that work or if it doesn't work. Um, where I've seen it go wrong is um, when you come out the gate dismissing that culture because of, of prejudices that you may have had in the past or things you've seen or heard without giving it a chance. And they still come together. They, they still together. So I'll give you a quick example. Um, I'm dealing with somebody just recently that got into a marriage and did prejudices uh, about that particular culture. And as we were talking, I said, well, why did you get married in the first place? You know, and you're already married. So what are you gonna do about it? And it, it astounded me, the person said, I don't know if I can make that shift. And so what I had to get them to understand, well, you know, kind of late in the ball game for that. I think in all fairness, <laughs> why didn't you tell that person, <laughs> you know, and be transparent about why you did it in the first place. 
and have that real conversation. So it's really coming down for me. I'm just speaking for me from my perspective as a pastor. That transparency has to be there. And regardless, culture or religion, um, because, you know, um, and I appreciate what she just said. You know, she was honest, said, hey, uh, I was Christian. Then I dabbled a little bit into this faith, uh, Jehovah's Witness, and now I'm a Muslim. Um, I, I, that can be beautiful. It just depends on um, how it's looked at and how it's expressed and, and how you make it work as a family unit and as a couple. Yeah, you know, you said something about being unequally yoked. We hear that all the time in church about, you know, being unequally yoked. And so I think a lot of people don't fully understand what that term means. Mm -mm. It does not just mean because you marry somebody who does not believe and who, or who does not go to church or they say they believe or whatever. It can be a combination of things as far as being unequally yoked. That can apply to a whole lot of situations in life that we have to deal with. So it's not just religion. It can be lifestyle. It can be your ideas of how to raise children, finances, you know, celebration of holidays. Okay, how are we going to do this thing? You know, your family gets together, my family gets together. How are we going to do this thing? I've got a friend, her daughter's been married now 14 years. And 13 out of those 14 years, her son-in-law has been in her house for the Christmas holidays and has not spent time with his mother and his family. And so his mother this year planned a cruise for them to go on and did not invite my friend. And she wow. feels a certain kind of way. And I said, listen, that's his mother and that's his family. I said, he should have been spending time with his mother anyway and his family during the holidays. I said, 13 years and he has not spent the holidays with them. And that's a big deal. Wow. I said, a discussion should have occurred. Okay, this year we're going to alternate it. The even years will go to your mother's. The odd years will come here. I said, as his mother-in-law and somebody who's, who's supposed to know better, you should have encouraged him to do that. And so now she's Nothing. upset. He's going on a trip and she's done invited. Well, it's his mother's trip. It's his family's trip. You're not in that family. I'm sorry. You're not. And so why should you feel a certain kind of way when you as the moment to adult, supposedly knowing better, should have intervened and said something to your daughter, hey, you know, maybe you need to go to your husband this year. You know, you need to spend some time with your husband's family. Because see, they've, they've 13 years have gone by and all the kids are home except this one sibling. And so I'm sure his mother feels a certain kind of way and his siblings too. So it's a matter of obtaining an understanding, gaining an understanding. And, you know, some things need to be discussed before you walk down the aisle and say, I do. Don't wait until it's over with, then you get in it. Well, okay. Well, you know, I don't believe this and I don't believe that. You know, and I think I told you guys last the last series, you know, when I was married, my ex was Pentecostal. They don't celebrate holidays. I didn't know that. He did not share that with me. But the whole time we were dating, he came to my house for Christmas and had a good time. So I didn't think anything of it. And then after we get married, his sister tells me, oh, we don't celebrate holidays. I said, what do you mean? We don't. I said, well, your brother's been celebrating since he met me. She said, well, he should have told you. He should have told you. We don't. And so I talked to him about it. He said, no, we don't. I said, okay, here's the deal. You don't celebrate? Uh, that's your problem. It's not mine. So Christmas? Valentine's Day, 
and my birthday, you will buy me a gift if you're planning on staying married to me. Because that's important to me. Okay? And so guess what? The whole time we were married, Christmas rolled around, I got a gift. Birthday, I got a gift. Valentine's Day, I got the flowers and the gift. So, but that's a discussion we should have had prior to, not after we were married. And here's here's Christmas. We got married July. Now here's Christmas, and I find out from his sister of all people, not him. Oh, we don't we don't celebrate holidays. What do you mean you don't? So these discussions need to be had had prior to couples getting together and deciding, hey, this is what I want. I want to be committed. Culture makes a big difference. Now, I know in the Hispanic mm-hmm. culture, Christmas Eve is a big deal for them. They get together on Christmas Eve. That you know, they whatever they I forgot what they call it, but that's their celebration, Christmas Eve. Okay. Well, for me, Christmas Eve is a big deal too, because that's the night I put up my final Christmas tree. I have everybody over. We put that final tree up, we bake cookies, you know, we bake, you know, get ready, we get ourselves into the festive mood of Christmas and the celebration of the birth of Christ. And so that's how I celebrate it. So these things need to be discussed. It's important that they are discussed because culture does play a big part into dating and our relationships. It plays a big part. And so that's a discussion that needs to be had. And I'm going to say to Queen Candy, you know, you said that, you know, you, you met your husband, you know, he came more or less was your, your protecting your rescue for what I'm getting from your story. Yes. And he introduced you to Islam. Yes. He began to teach you about Islam. Now, the person that I was dating, he thought he was going to teach me about it, in which I did learn some things. <laughs> I did. I, you know, okay. he gave me something. He gave me a book, and I still have the book. He gave me a book. He bought me a, co- a copy of the Quran. Okay. Okay. And I have read it, and I did read it. But here's the deal: I made it plain to him, I'm not converting. I'm not casting aside what I believe. I, I just can't do it. So I think he thought, in the newness of things, that eventually he'd be able to convince me. Wow. To convince. No, that's and, and that's the thing especially with us teaching Islam, it's not our job to force anybody. Just like you say, you're not converting over. I'm not mm-hmm. going to judge you for that. That's your decision. Mm-hmm. And just anybody, and we have plenty of Christians on our show. Mm-hmm. And we've come across plenty, but that's why it's called free will. It's yes, your right. decision. It's your choice. I can't judge you because you don't want to learn Islam. That's mm-hmm. Everybody's on a different path. So even if I'm in a sister, I never met in my life, a day in my life, I start talking and I don't want that. Okay. I, that's when we back off. And, you know, we still, you know, we ain't going to cut you off or anything like that. But, you know, that's your choice. So that's not our job. If you don't want it or you, like you say, you don't want to convert over, that's your choice. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's important. It's not our job. I was always honest with him. I was always honest with yeah. him. No. And so, you know, as the years went by, I guess he was feeling froggish one day. Oh. And he decided to call me. And says, <laughs> I need to know today what are your intentions as far as Islam? You know, what, what do you believe? What is Christ to you? And I'm like, Lord Jesus, why did this man go here today with me? Oh, this boy. is not the right day for him to go here. So guess what? I had to let him know who Jesus was to me. And when I got through talking, he says, I understand. 
And that was the end of the dating right there. That was the end of the relationship. <laughs> exactly. Because you know, like I said, we can't force people. And that we're glad he said that. But, <laughs> yes, we're glad. I had, I had to get, I wasn't going to lie to him. I mean, I really liked right. him. But no, I wasn't going to lie. So I had to just come on out and just tell him, hey, yeah. this is it. Here it is. Yeah. And so I said what I said. He says, I understand. And he left it alone. Yep. Left it alone. So, Siobhan, I'm sorry, Queen Candy. I'm sorry to be to cut y'all. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Siobhan, let's hear from you. What are your thoughts as far as culture and religion on dating? Okay. So, I'll just take it from religion first. So, being a Christian, that's like a generic term, especially nowadays, because there's so many different denominations. There's so many different belief systems. I can say I'm a Christian and the next person over here, when we start to talk, we might believe we might believe a core, but there might be some other things that don't match up um, or it could. So it's it's just a wide array of um, a bunch of different stuff. So as far as Christianity is concerned, um, being and I know we talked about like being equally open and stuff like that. So you're right. It doesn't just until the religious um, portion of, and I'll just say this, I know religion is a, is just a general term, but relationship is what I go by. And so Bible, reading the word, reading the scriptures, prayer, things of that nature and having a relationship with Christ and being able, you know, to hear from him, speak to him and get direction to him. That's totally different to me than someone who's talking about just reading the Bible um, sometimes, you know, cause they, sometimes people pick and choose what they want to believe is different than just the overall arching of Christianity. So I think when it comes down to it, really having a conversation to find out what does it truly mean? And you're right, up front, you should have conversations, but sometimes as we're finding out, you know, you don't find things out until you're in the, either um, something comes up like or holidays coming up or, um, you know, a debate about rearing children, whatever the case may be. You don't find out some things about your partner until you're actually in a situation. And so I think that um, just really, being able to be open and honest because sometimes yes. people are afraid to be open and honest because they're thinking about the what if well if i say this then they'll do that you know um fear factor as far as culture is concerned we got a lot of different cultures um i know we could take the black and white but let's just talk about um there's subcultures within cultures as well i was so, gonna say that yes yeah. i was gonna say that there are subcultures within cultures. Subcultures. Yes. absolutely so you know it's just a plethora of things. So really getting to know, find out why, why do you want to be with this person? If you're already married to them, why did I marry them? Why are we together? What are we trying to build together? Um, and then if you really have a problem with their culture, I think that if you're with somebody, try to understand it. And if it's just totally different and you can't get with, with it, maybe it's against your morals. I don't know. Maybe it's something that um, is really taking you away from who you are at your core. Then you need to rethink, you know, can God bring us together and help us resolve this? Or do we need to dissolve this? Now, I'm a proponent of keeping marriage together, but I also understand that that doesn't always happen. You know, so it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. This is a, a big question. <laughs> it has a, many dynamics to it. So, yeah, that's that's my take on that piece. Well, you know, and my thoughts are if you meet someone. You know, and, that, you know, when you meet someone at a certain level of attraction, when you initially meet someone. But as you grow to know that person, you're talking and you're learning about each other. You know, if you have a conflict with what they believe, why would you pursue the relationship? 
Think about that. You know, if you feel so strongly about what you believe, why pursue the relationship? Now, for me, you know, I made it point blank. I'm not converting. Okay. And so everything was cool. You know, everything was cool for a long period of time. And then I guess one day he's like, okay, this is it. I need to know what she's going to do because I'm ready to make a move. And maybe that's what he was thinking. I don't know. But, you know, I, again, as Queen Candy says, it's important to be honest. I don't care what you believe. It is very important in a relationship, just even with personal interactions, it's important that you remain authentic and be honest. Because guess what? Yep. It's going to come out in the wash anyway. So honesty, you know, I think culture, be honest about it. You know, you can be in the same family and have different beliefs about something. Mm -hmm. Raised in the same house, same rules, same regulation, same morals, and all of you will see things differently. Because guess what? We're individuals. And as we mature, we have our minds made up about certain things and we, have, we feel a certain way about certain things. And so it doesn't matter that we grew up in the same family, the same household. We have our own ideas and our own beliefs. And so all that comes into play. All of that comes into play. And so, you know, Queen Candy, you talked about your dating process and, you know, how it all came together and your husband doing the teaching and so forth. So I'm going to put this out to the panel, to you guys. Do you think it is the husband's responsibility to teach and to mentor as far as Christianity and religion goes? And Pastor Cockfield, I'll start with you. Yes, I think that um, he should. But I think it needs to be something qualitative for that. Let me make sure I make this clear. So uh, the Bible talks about like Colossians 13, like husbands love you, don't be harsh with them. And then Ephesians 4 and 29 talks about, about this having in this relationship unwholesome talk that don't let that come out of your but do things that help build one another up. And I think that um, if we're not careful, we'll look at it from the fact that he may be the head of the household and he has to have all the answers. And I've learned that's not true. I think that's where that, that building each other up comes into play. And, and sharpening each other and and helping each other to really teach one another what really what that should look like for that relationship. And and I like the relationship strategies. I didn't even know what that was until I met you. And and it's beautiful. I think it's like that to, to engage us in these kind of things that we're discussing. Just because I'm the head of the household don't mean I have all the answers. It may be the other person only can take us so far in um, helping to instruct and, and really get a clear understanding of what this benchmark or standard from uh, culture and religion should look like. I think professionals have to play a part in that too. And, that, and as being an African-American, we, we shun for that. Uh, I'm not saying everybody does that, but you know, a lot of the folks I met, they, they try to figure too many things out themselves when they hit walls on certain things. So I think uh, that that's critical. Someone has to take the lead, but it has to be some shared governance in that. Um, uh, when it's time for a subject matter expert that needs to show up, and I think it has to be. Um, it could be, you know, I lead it, 
Um, my spouse was college at all. And then once I realized we don't have all the answers we need for certain things, let's go find somebody else that knows what they're doing and, and, and round it out and make hope. All right. And so you mentioned the expert. We have the expert here in our company tonight, Ms. Siobhan, the strategist. <clears throat> so come on and talk to me. So in your opinion, is it, as Pastor Cockfield said, is it a shared governance situation or is, is it the husband or the man's responsibility to do the teaching as far as religion and, and so forth? So um, I believe it's shared because different people, depending on what relationship you're in, could be at different um, part or be at different um, points as far as how much, you know, you are into, how much, how you hear, how you, you know what gifts you have, um, you know, so I don't think that it's just automatically because, um, you know, it's the man that the man should automatically be in charge of leading. But what I will say is that, um, you know, the couple together, they could figure out what their strong points are, ask the Lord to come and, and help develop them. And a lot of times um, one person could start off one way. Let's just say I was a stronger person. And then my husband, maybe he's learning from me. And then after a while, as he grows and develops, you know, he could take have more confidence to take like a more of a leadership role in that. But in the meantime, you know, I'm doing what I need to do in order to help bring us as a couple up to where we need to be. So I don't think it just should be strictly the man. I think it's whoever is there and is able to, to help, you know, the unit, the couple as a whole. That's what I believe. Okay. All right. So Queen Candy, what are your thoughts on it? I know in Islam, the husband does lead take the lead on that so i want to hear from you yes um the husband does traditionally take the lead and the way we do it in islam is the women teach the women and the men teach the men so we kind of agree with what siobhan was saying it is in a different way it is kind of a shared responsibility so say if just hypothetically robert if you were to come to us and say i want to learn islam just hypothetically you know, we would tell you, uh, we can't teach you per se. We would send you to our husband. Or if a sister came to our husband, he would send her to us. You get what we're saying? So we do kind of agree. It is like a share. The men do traditionally step up and be the lead. But if for some reason, let's just say our husband got to travel and minister somewhere else, you know, under Islam, we would have to step up and teach the women and, you know, basically have that shared responsibility that uh siobhan was talking about so yeah they do traditionally but um we don't really interact with the men unless they want to be taught so it's it's kind of a shared responsibility but yeah okay all right and so i'm going to ask the panel this question that we talked about you know shared governance we talked about being unequally yoked or, or being appropriately yoked we talked about dating. Um, we talked about culture. We talked about subcultures. And so knowing these things and based upon the discussion that we have had tonight, for any new couple, young, middle-aged like myself <laughs> or older, what guidance and advice do you have or would you offer to them as far as dating? And I'll start with you, Siobhan. Okay. Based on the conversation that we had today, taking everything into account is conversation. Don't be afraid to actually have a good idea about what you actually want and um, what you would like out of the relationship and your expectations. 
a lot of times we have unspoken expectations. We know, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, we don't want to share them. Sometimes it's because it, it's for many different reasons. Sometimes it's you're not thinking that it needs to be said. It's kind of, well, I know this, I do this. You should know. It's it's almost you're thinking that it's um it's an automatic thing that someone should already know. But open up your mouth. I mean that you're going to be together, and if you're talking about a marriage for a lifetime, so have plenty of conversations often, and then also listen to what your partner is saying. Um, sometimes we hear what we want to because we're expecting a certain thing, but try to listen openly and listen in order to understand them and not necessarily to respond. Right? If you, even if you don't agree, take it into account and try to see things from your partner's perspective. If for nothing else, to get a different view of view tech. So you can learn them a little bit more, you know, um, try some things. If I'm not telling you to go against your morals or anything like that, but if it's something that you're not used to and your partner, you know, that's something that's part of maybe their culture or uh, something they like to do, try it with them, you know? Um, but yeah, when you're dating, I'm not going to say be open-minded to the point that you, 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 you change, okay? You're deep down core, but be open-minded enough that you're respecting your partner um, because you you also, so this is kind of where the relationships, we want to remain as individuals, but at the same time, we want to come together and grow as a couple. And if you're not careful and you do too much of the coming together as a couple, you'll lose yourself, okay? And if you're not careful as well, you'll be too independent to where, you know, it's just like, okay, are we supposed to be together or not? So it's a, it's a balance, you know? So just keep that in mind and also seek wise counsel. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, go to someone who you feel, you know, who you can trust or a professional who can help you um, see outside of yourself. And that's what I will offer to couples. Wow. Okay, Queen Candy, take it away. Well, I'm just going to piggyback off what Siobhan just said because I really am saying fully. You know, uh, we made the mistake of just jumping into relationships like and not getting to know the person we were with. So honestly, um, the advice we would give is don't let that fear stop you from being yourself. That's one thing we always experience. I don't care if you're male or female. We always let that feel, what, what are they going to say? Or, are they going to be mad at me? Or is he going to leave me? If they're going to leave, they're going to leave. I, you can't stop that. It's, it's the inevitable. You can't avoid it. And we made the mistake of being lost. It's like, we don't get everything she just said pretty much, but we, we made the mistake of getting lost. And, you know, not saying men don't do it, but women, we always get in relationships and we give and give and we take care of everybody else except for ourselves. And then we looking up like, okay, what do I want to do? You know, so with all that being said, like communicate, you know, just like Siobhan said, you don't have to agree. Just like, just because I'm married, don't mean I always agree with my husband. No, we don't always agree, but we learning and we still learning. You always going to learn, especially when you're married how to, you know, you can agree to disagree. You know, you can communicate, you can agree to disagree. He's adapted to things that we like. We've adapted to things that he like and it didn't kill us. We're still breathing. Okay. And, you know, don't be afraid to speak up, but no, don't belittle your partner. Don't right. talk down to them. But, you know, you know babe, yeah. I ain't like when you said X, Y, Z or I don't like when you treated me like ABC or something like that. Now, mm -hmm. however they take it, we can't say, <laughs> but you know, um, we've always experienced allowing fear to keep us from opening our mouth. And now we just like, look, we just going to be a hundred. We just going to be honest. 
if you take it, we don't know if you're going to be cool. Or you won't come out of a bag on this, but you know, you just have to be upfront and honest, get to know that person. Yes. You know, gotta be friends first. If y'all got to be cool, homies, whatever, you ain't got to rush and jump in bed with nobody. Ladies, fellas, know your worth. You're worth waiting for. If that person's not going to wait for you, on to the next. So what do we say? Uh, communication. You can agree or disagree. Be yourself. You know, don't be afraid to speak up. Um, try new things. As long as it doesn't, like what Siobhan say, conflict with your morals or your religion, you know, be open to trying new things. And one thing we don't do, um, don't think I, we heard anybody say this, but we don't consider what that person is going through. Now, you can't physically put yourself in that person's shoes, but what we try to do is like before we open our mouth now and just say whatever, because we used to just fly off at the mouth and we didn't care. And there were consequences behind that. There were penalties because we didn't stop and think about how that person was feeling, whether we were right or wrong. Consider what that person is going mm-hmm. through. You know, they may have had a hard day. You may have had a hard day. I can come together and be like, you know, baby, I got you. I'm going to give you a massage, whatever. Basically, we already got to go out in the world and fight a war. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have to come home and fight one too. That's right. That is so, so true. So basically, it's just all those things. And when we're going to say this and we're going to shut up, but if you ain't ready to be married, don't get married. <laughs> say it again, get please. Married. If say you're it. not ready to be married, don't get married. <laughs> so you heard it from Queen Kim. If you're not ready to get married, don't, don't do it. Don't do just it. Just say no. Yeah, just, just, just tell them. Just like y'all was saying, you know, those are conversations you got to have because we've seen people, oh, five, six years, I don't want to have kids. Wait, what? What? Yeah, say that when we was dating. Like, what you mean? Like, yeah, but those are things that you should have. But we see people and her probably going to kill us for saying this. We don't know if we're going to say it anyway. This is for conversation. But he tells about a couple of his friends that are married that got little side chicks. And we're just like, why did y'all even get married? Well, what was the point? Now you you're doing that. What do you think she's doing? Just just saying. But you know, and we can't. I don't even care. We can't stand our husband. We're not finna step out. We'll we'll tell him, you know, baby, you know what? I don't, we don't think this is gonna work. But if you're not ready, communicate, consideration, respect. Oh wow, can't even say that enough. But like I said, if you ain't ready to get mad, don't get mad. We're gonna shut up. <laughs> Okay. All right, Pastor Cockfield, take it away. Yeah, and that's why I use the two past scriptures I did about, you know, this anger thing. And I'm speaking from a male's perspective and a husband, you know, being the head of a household. I, I think sometimes, you know, you, if you're not careful in, in that communication and you feel challenged or threatened um, as a man, sometimes because of this, this role we've been told we're supposed to have, and there's certain expectations that come to it, like we're supposed to have all the answers. Um, we'll feel challenged, we'll feel like our, our back's against the wall and we, we come out angry or, um, or harsh. And I would say, don't you start a relationship off like that, it's gonna be bad business because then you'll feel that you always have to, I'm just speaking from a male's perspective, um, you always gotta have an answer in that relationship because you, I think, the beauty of the relationship you're dating is really, again, 
this subject matter expert piece like who this it's gonna be things she know that you don't know and vice versa and it's really about just having enough manhood to 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 be vulnerable enough to say hey okay what let, let's share let's talk about that um and i give you a good example i you know i was bad with finances the person that I was with was good with finances well guess what i was raised in the household you don't let your woman handle your wallet and all that old crazy stuff and and, and guess what and then that's why our, the checkbooks wasn't balanced and and we, we was we was in the negative and all this other crazy stuff and then when i got challenged about that you know i took it wrong i was like well i'm not i'm, I'm the head of this household I'm the, yes but there's other people that paying a price for that too children <laughs> so you know it that's crazy so i just think you know um we just you know I, I, let me go to this too get married and don't know why you're doing it and and man that's dangerous and i'm gonna tell you why it's dangerous because I just had a conversation with some other men and and somebody else today and we talked we talked about the the ramifications that come along with that misunderstanding about what a good pure honest true relationship is supposed to look like like what are those benchmarks and standards that drove you to come together in the first place so i challenged somebody today i said man it's crazy i said we get we had these marriage vows and we we read them and we up there standing oh yeah 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 and then the whole marriage, we never go back and check them. We don't look at them. And so I use in Lean Six, we have something called the DMAIC, and it's def define, measure, analyze, improve, control. And one of the things that I challenge this person on, and 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 she's married, and I said, let me ask you a question. When the last time, first of all, how long y'all been married? Oh, they've been married a long time. I said, when the last time you checked them vows? Because, <laughs> you know, she was saying, we're having all this difficulty and all this stuff. I said, well, okay. Did, what defined the relationship in the first place? Did you go back and look in them vows? She said, you know what? I ain't seen them. I, I've never looked at them the whole relationship. <laughs> I said, oh Lord, help us. <laughs> now, I'm gonna use myself as this example to prove my point on this. And, and I, I mean, if you're gonna date somebody, this is important. So me, I, look, I, I'm military, I come in town and then uh, we just want to go get married. So what do we do? We go to the courthouse and I don't know this cat. This judge just got up there and said, oh, blah, 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 blah. okay, get, give me your $25, you know, with the court deal. I paid it. And then I made a refund in the mail, $15. So my marriage worth $10. Now listen to this. And I don't know what that man said. I can't tell you today. I don't even have a copy of it. I, I, so, I, I, so I had to tell somebody this. I said, Lord of Hammer said, Jesus, I said, man, if somebody was to ask me that, what is the benchmark standard foundation, the definition of your, your relationship? I don't even know. I can't take the man probably did. Who knows? So, so, so I'm just putting it out there. If you go, you go get married, that definition, that, that being defined, defining that relationship, what that benchmark and standard is going to be. You need to get that straightened out before you get started. Cause I think it's sad. And then that second piece is you're going to go ahead and get in that relationship. You need, I, I think it's like anything else. And when we go to work or whatever, they'll tell you, did you go back and read the meet, read the HR manual? Did you go back and check and see what you're supposed to be doing? Please do that in your marriage. Lord Jesus, go back and okay. Can we stop? I don't care if it's every month, once a year, something every six months. Can we please stop and go back and look at what we said we was going to do? And, and is we are we doing it 
Because that's measuring. Like I want to I want to see how well I'm performing in this relationship, how far off we've gotten. And, and, and there's a gap with that. And we don't we don't do that enough. So I, I just want to throw that out there and being transparent. You know, I'm sitting here laughing within myself because when my mother would disagree with something my father said. And so when they got married, the, the minister that married him, them, his name was Abraham Gaston. And my dad, well, that's not what you said when you stood before Abraham. <laughs> Abraham asked you, and you said, what did you say? Oh, you said man. he would bring that poor man up. You know, I, I do. <laughs> after about 30 years, I'm like, I'm sure that Abraham is oh, going to glory by now. Leave that oh, man. man. <laughs> he would, that's, well, what, what, well, that's not what you said when you stood before Abraham. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one day he even went back to the, the dress that she had on with that big wide collar on it. Mm. No, you did. I mean, he would bring it up every time. And you're right. You have to take it back to the old landmark sometimes and go over there. <laughs> you know, and well, remind you yourself what you committed to and what you got yourself into. Yep. Yeah. That's like when you buy a new car. Who sits down and read the manual? I know I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> If something goes wrong, I have to go pull the manual. Look, okay, what is this? I want, man, shoot, I want the keys to get out of there and let me go. <laughs> same thing, oh, same principle, same concept. So, listen, guys, this has been another real series as they it has been from day one. You know, it's just we covered some good ground on the effects of culture and religion and just general ideas, basic ideology on relationships and dating. You know, no two people probably view this thing the same. And so when you come together with someone or you decide you want to come together, there needs to be some crucial, okay, mm -hmm. conversations. And there probably needs to be some confrontationals too, but have them up front on the front end so you can get rid of all this stuff on the tail end you can come together and smooth sailing on down the road. And so I want to thank you, Queen Candy, for agreeing to be a oh, yeah. tonight wow. and bringing thank it to you. us, bringing it and keeping it real. Siobhan, the relationship strategist, again, I thank you as always for keeping it real. And Pastor Cockfield, definitely keep it real 100 all the time. And so, <laughs> you know, two weeks from now, when we meet again for another series, which will be series four on relationships and Christian dating, I want to say to our listening audience, may God bless you today, tomorrow, and always, and have a good night. Thank, Thank you. you. It was nice meeting everybody. Bye. Bye.